This is episode 10 of Ruminate. Ruminate is a podcast about the opportunities and challenges that technology presents us with every day. With me for this special episode is John Voorhees. Hi, John. Hey, Rob. How are you? I'm very well, John. How are you? Good, good. Happy holidays. Uh, and you. Thank you. Um, so this is, I've kind of mentioned it, it's a little bit of a special episode because, uh, well, one, we're recording it in advance, um, so it's, you know, it's ready for, for, uh, for the holiday season. Um, yep. But instead of uh, traditional, you know, the usual topics we've been doing, we're going to uh, talk about some of our favourite things for the year. Now, when anything bothers me and I'm feeling unhappy, I just try and think of nice things. What kind of things? Oh, well, let me see. Nice things. Daffodils. Green meadows. Skies full of stars. Raindrops on roses. And whiskers on kittens, bright copper kettles and warm woolen mittens, brown paper packages tied up with strings. Yeah, that, that sounds like a great idea. Um, before we get started, though, I did find one follow-up item that I thought would be great for our anti-gift guide that we did a few episodes ago. Uh, you know, if you recall, one of the things we 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 were really enamored with, and we figured it'd be a good way to to uh, end any relationship you might want to get out of, is the Nicholas Cage pillowcase. Um, and we have since found something that um, I think this was linked by Rob uh, Rob Griffiths on Twitter. And it is the Hippo Couch, which is a $95,000 hippopotamus couch. Uh, and I, I showed it to my wife, and, and she said, is Rob going to buy that for us, too? <laughs> I, I, I like that uh, your, your wife is just worried now that I'm going to buy you any ridiculous thing that we find on the internet. <laughs> yes, I said, don't worry about it. It's outside of his budget, I think. <laughs> Uh, honestly, I quite like this. I, if it wasn't ninety five thousand dollars, yeah, might no, it. It, it, I think it is definitely. Um, it's interesting. It looks. It kind of looks like a giant concrete hippo with a cushion on it. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's. I, I'm not sure how well it would fit into any of the rooms in my house, but um, yeah, I'd certainly consider it. It is interesting. Um, so you know, it's uh, it's there if you want it we will put a link in the show notes absolutely i mean perhaps you know somebody's listening and that is in their price range and they're thinking do you know what i've got a friend who just i just don't know what to get them hippo yeah. couch there you go done hippo sorted. couch yes exactly exactly um so we thought we have a bunch of categories that we rob and i came up with and we're just kind of kind of walk through them and maybe take turns um starting with each one so First one um, is really just kind of like gadgets, purchases, that sort of thing. Um, what uh, What's on your list, Rob? Uh, yeah, so I'll go with my first one. Uh, mine, for me, is the Apple TV. Um, we've spoken about this, you know, a few times before it came out. You know, we were wondering what it was going to be like. And since it's come out, um, for me, though, I mean, this is, this is exactly the kind of, you know, whatever you want to call it, set-top box, you know, smart box, um, this really is this is exactly what i've wanted for <clears throat> for so long i mean you know we i think a lot of people have been waiting for apple to do this um you know because the apple tv3 was was around for so long um but i think the the combination of the app store and apple just have a lot of pull to uh you know get developers to make apps for their platform because i think there's a lot of money potentially to be made there um and the combination of netflix and plex and uh you know itunes and you've got like bbc iplayer and things like that although that's side loaded but you know it's still it's still available um yeah i mean this really has just become this is the perfect uh you know set top box for me yeah I, I like it a lot too i mean it's not on my list but um which i'll get to in a minute but i i've really enjoyed the apple tv too and especially now that we've heard that maybe amazon is coming to it with their own video app i think that for me would kind of round out at least the video side um and i'm pretty excited to see what other games and, and apps will be seen in the uh in the near future yeah i mean again i think we mentioned this before but obviously in the uk and when we've got the the main kind of three uh three different channels and you know the bbc have said they're bringing iplayer and uh right. itv and channel four you know they already have apps on iOS. It's very likely that in the in the next you know month or two, they will probably have apps for the Apple TV as well. And and for UK, uh, you know UK residents, those are those are the kind of things that we really want. Um, so yeah, I mean it, it, the App Store is the killer feature of the Apple TV, I think, because 
if you want something, you know, if you're not a developer, you could, you know, the chance that somebody's either built it or, or is building it. Um, but yeah, I think the App Store was really what was missing because the previous Apple TVs, you kind of had to make some magical deal with Apple and nobody really knew the ins and outs of that. Um, so yeah, right. A- Apple TV is my, my number one purchase of the year, I think. And I, in 2016, I look forward to uh, Discovery improving on the app on the App Store on the Apple TV. But uh, I won't I won't complain during this show. We'll just uh, we'll we'll stick to the positives. Absolutely, it's the holiday season. Let, let's be positive <laughs> at least for one episode. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Yeah, you had one other thing. What's what's that? Uh, yeah, so I uh, my mum was very kind enough to give me a, a, a digital SLR uh, recently. It's a, a Nikon D fifty one hundred, I think. Oh, yeah. I don't I don't know a lot about cam, uh, you know, digital SLRs, but it seems like a really nice camera. It's great. Um, she just didn't have a need for it anymore, so she said, you know, do you want it? Um, I kind of had to make a deal that when I get rid of my phone, I give it to her in exchange. <laughs> but yeah, that seems pretty reasonable to me. You know, it's, not, it's certainly not a cheap camera. Sure. Um, and, uh, you know, she gave it to me. It had an SD card in it. I think it was 8 or 16 gig. Um, but what I really wanted to try out was it was one of the, the iFi uh, SD cards um, so that I can wirelessly transfer the photos directly from the camera to my phone uh, or my Mac. So I... Uh, I looked around and I asked on Twitter and a few people gave me some advice and I, I ordered the iFi Mobi Pro, um, a 16 gig SD card. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, it really is great. I, I've not taken too many pictures with it yet. Um, basically just a few pictures of my cats. Um, cause, so how yeah. does it, how does it work? Because I've looked at these before and I've never quite pulled the trigger on them. I mean, does it, will it transfer to your, um, computer even if the camera is turned off? No, so there's, I, I don't know how it works for every camera, but there's a lot of cameras that have built-in uh, iFi support. The, the, the Nikon that I got is one of them. Um, so the camera has to be on, and you on the iPhone, you, you download their app, and you, you connect to the SD card as if it's a Wi-Fi network. Uh-huh. Um, and then you open the app up and it transfers all those photos to the iPhone uh, inside the app, and you can you know delete them or save them, whatever you need to. Uh, on the Mac, it's a little bit different. There's just an app that you open, and it somehow manages to connect to that uh, without messing around with the Wi-Fi networks or anything. Um, it's a little bit pricey. Well, it's very pricey for an SD card. Um, you know, I, I got 16 gig, and it was uh, around 50 pounds. Um, which, if I bought a standard SD card, I could probably get 64 or maybe 128. Um, but for my uses, I mean, I really just wanted something that. If I'm out and about and take a photo, I want to just be able to post that to Twitter or, you know, wherever I want to post it. So, um, so yeah, it's, as I say, it's a little bit pricey, but it's certainly something interesting that, um, that yeah, I've been enjoying the last couple of weeks. How fast are the transfers? Is it pretty quick? Uh, yeah, it's been pretty quick for me. Um, the, I've got the camera set up to take like the, the biggest, uh, photos that it will do, sure. um, you know, highest, highest resolution settings and, and all of that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, when I've been using it, it's only taken, you know, a second or, or you know, half a second to, to do one of the photos. So, you know, it's, it's, it's pretty quick. Oh, that's nice. I mean, I, I yeah, they're, they're definitely more expensive, but obviously they're doing a lot more than your typical SD card. I'm, I've used, I've used some of the, the high speed SD cards in the past with my camera. I've got a, a Sony NEX something or other. I, I forget what it is. I, I've had it for four or five years, so it's not one of the more recent ones. Um, mm. I took it on a trip with me to Argentina and Chile and, and um, it's a great camera. Uh, and I just used big SD cards and hoped for the best that they wouldn't get corrupted or something while I was out in the middle of nowhere. Uh, and they all survived and I dealt with it when I got back. But uh, an iFi card would be kind of nice to have. Yeah, I also, while I was doing some research, uh, I found out that there's some other cameras that actually have two SD card slots. Um, and that appears to be what a lot of professional photographers are doing. They have an iFi card, which stores just the JPEGs, you know, the, the compressed or, or the, you know, the JPEGs that come out of the camera. And then they have a second larger SD card that stores the raw files. Um, that ten, that seems to be what a lot of professionals are doing. Um, unfortunately, mine only has one SD card slot, but, you know, it works for me. It's great. Yeah, that sounds good. Um, well, 
my list has two Apple products on it. And the first one is my 15 inch retina MacBook pro that I'm recording this on right now. And the reason I picked that was that before, uh, before I got this laptop, I was using a 2008 MacBook. It was the first generation, uh, aluminum chassis MacBook, which is, you know, obviously pretty long in the tooth in 2015, but I had over time in the last couple of years, replaced the battery and put in, uh, an SD drive in it. And that made a world of difference. Um, but I got tired of dealing with plugging it in because the battery, despite getting a new battery, it just would not last long at all. Uh, so I went with the 15 inch MacBook pro, which is great. The, uh, the old one I had was 13 and this is a little roomier. Uh, it's great for doing the development stuff I do and I can have a million apps open. Um, and been really, really happy with it, uh, since I got it back in, I think it was around June or so of this year. So what's your, um, your use case for the MacBook? I mean, obviously you, you do your development stuff for Blink and things like that at home. Um, do you use it at work or do do you have a a work computer that you use uh, for your day job? Yeah. Day job is windows. So yeah, I don't use this at work. Um, but I do take it to work a lot of times, not, not every day. I mean, it depends what I'm, what I'm doing. Um, I will, you know, I, I use it around. I like having a laptop because I can use it anywhere in the house. Um, I take it with me to, uh, work and work on the train in the morning sometimes, or on the way home. I'll sometimes when I'm downtown, if I have a break in the day, uh, at lunch or something, I'll go to a coffee shop and work a little bit on, um, one of my various side projects there, that sort of thing. So that's, that's kind of why, why a, a laptop works for me. Yeah, definitely. I mean, mine, uh, you know, my use case is a little bit different because I use it at home, but I also take it to work and use it as well. Um, I've got the the 13 inch uh, MacBook Pro. Um, I think maybe next time I might go for 15. Um, But you know, right now the 13 works for me because especially at work, I've got uh, an external 27 inch monitor and I think I've got a 19 inch as well, uh, or maybe 21. Um, You know, so the, the size of the laptop isn't isn't a huge concern. Right. Yeah. I, it would be nice if I had an external monitor. I have. I do not have that. It would be great for the development stuff because Xcode, I mean, you can really get a lot of panes open at one time and even on 15 inch MacBook, it can be a little tough at times, but, um, compared to the 13 inch I had, it's nice and roomy. Um, it is, you know, the downside of it being the 15 inches, it's a little heavy. Um, but it's still lighter than the 13 inch MacBook I had from 2008. So I'm not really complaining. Uh, I've been pretty happy with it so far. Excellent. And yeah, so the the other thing I had on here is my six plus and my six S plus. Um, I've been really happy with the bigger phone. I mean, it it occasionally is a little more difficult to do something on the go if I'm walking along. If I have two hands free though, it's not that big a problem. Uh, and I just like having the additional space, even if it's something like I've noticed things like, uh, sometimes on the, on the train, I'll be watching a WWC video and on my old phone, there was no way you could possibly see the code that they were writing on the screen. Uh, but with this, you have a fighting chance to actually read the, read the code as they, uh, do the video. And it's great for reading in general. Um, like it for, you know, just reading RSS or books or whatever. Excellent. Yeah. So you've, uh, you've upgraded the size of, of your, both your laptop and your phone. So, uh, 2015 <laughs> is the year of bigger devices. I think it's de- Yeah. It's definitely plus, cl- you know, it's plus club plus. Yeah, absolutely. Um, maybe we'll, uh, maybe you'll end up with one of the iPad pros at some point. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> Especially we'll if you see. keep going to look at them, John. Like- I know, I know it's well, Christmas and my birthday are right around the corner. So, uh, there, it's a distinct possibility. <laughs> So um, our next category that we've got is uh, movies. Uh, you know, I think this is um, something, can, something a lot of people can relate to. You know, we all watch movies. Um, my first one is uh, The Kingsman. Uh, have you have you seen this, John? Oh, yeah, that's an excellent movie. I really enjoyed that. Yeah, this is just so much fun. I mean, I think when I first watched it, um, I think I watched it again like three days later um, because it, it's just you know it's not a perfect movie there are some problems with it and stuff but the the cast is great it's it's really funny um so yeah this is this is up there as as one of my favorite films of the year definitely yeah definitely uh too if if um you have hbo i think i saw on twitter just this morning before we started recording that the kingsman is on is on hbo now so uh you can watch it if you've already got an hbo subscription you can essentially watch it for free well, there you go. That's a that's a, a good tip for uh, anyone who's who's got access to that. I may, I may do that this afternoon. 
Did you know what? Maybe I think I might as well. <laughs> <laughs> so um, what about you, John? Let's uh, go for one of your movies next. Uh, Mad Max Fury Road would be one of my picks because uh, I didn't expect a lot from this movie and I didn't pay, I, I did see all the um, the buzz on Twitter and elsewhere when it first came out, but I largely ignored it. Um, and, but then I got, but I definitely had the sense that this was the kind of movie I wanted to see on the big screen uh, and I uh, really enjoyed it. I mean, I think it was just, it, it's like one nonstop action scene uh, and you know, it's, uh, immensely entertaining and as soon as it was available on itunes i bought it i've watched it a couple of times since then um i'd say this is probably my overall my favorite of the year yeah i haven't uh, i haven't got around to watching it yet um i i think uh, my girlfriend needs a little bit of convincing to watch it um she she's certainly not as um not as excited about watching it as i am but um you know i I, I'm definitely planning on getting around to watching it probably in the next few weeks. So, um, especially with some time off over Christmas and things like that. Um, yep. I'll definitely get into uh, watching that one. So my next one, this is a, I, I don't know how to describe this. Kung Fury is, yes. <laughs> have you watched this job? Oh, I've watched it a couple of times. I love it. The, yeah. This, this was a, uh, a film that was kickstarted and, uh, it's a, a parody of uh, kind of is it, is it 80s uh, kind of uh, what are they called? Yeah, like a B movie. Is that the, right? The kind it's kind of, of an 80s, yeah, a little 80s feel. It's got a little Miami Vice feel to it, and you know, a little Karate Kid and, and a little Kung Fu type movie from the 80s. Yeah, this is. I think if 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 you don't like this when you when you watch it, you're never going to like it. Like a, a second watch isn't going to help. Um, but but I watched this and, and absolutely loved it. Um, it's it's just it's just a really fun movie i mean it's only kind of 30 minutes long or something you can watch it for free on youtube um you can buy it on itunes if you want um but i i was just when i first watched it i was just blown away at how much i enjoyed it um and the the, the interesting part of it was um i'm not sure if you know this john but what they actually did was they filmed all the scenes and, and put the film together and then to make the to give it that kind of dubbed over feel they re-recorded every single piece of dialogue and mm-hmm. put that dialogue over the top of the, the you know, the actual recordings of, of them talking. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, I didn't realize that's what they were doing, yeah. Yeah, yeah, that was that was how they kind of gave it that, that dubbed over feel. Although they were doing it in English, they did the acting and then they did the, the voice recording again um, just to give it that, that kind of authentic feel. Right, and they gave it a few. They they have some special effects in there that give it kind of that um, feeling like it's a VHS tape, right? That's, that you're playing it on a VCR from the eighties. Yeah, the, yeah, absolutely. There's a cut. There's a little bit at the beginning where they do that, and then there's also another scene. Um, which, when you watch it, you, you'll know the scene I'm on about. But it's actually a scene from the trailer. Um, but the trailer had a different actress in it, um, mm-hmm. and that's why they did the video, uh, kind of the VHS fuzzing there. To oh. hide the fact that it was a different actress for this one particular um, kind of clip. Uh-huh. So, Interesting. Um, you know, so for the one part, it was authenticity at the beginning, but then, you know, they did use it to their advantage to uh, to cover up some changes from the trailer. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Now, it's a lot of fun, and it is, as uh, Rob says, it's pretty short, so definitely worth checking out, especially since if you don't feel like paying for it, you just go to YouTube and it's right there. So Yeah, absolutely. Well, my next one is Ex Machina, which is a sci-fi movie um, about a robot. And I I don't know. I, I don't have a lot to say about this other than I just thought it, well, the visuals in this were really good. Um, and it was a fun movie. It, it I wouldn't say it was my favorite movie of the year, but it's one of my one of my top ones. I, I thought it was kind of a, a weird, creepy, uh, interesting movie and done in kind of a, a unique, unique way compared to a lot of recent sci-fi movies. Yeah, I did watch this and I, I feel like it just didn't click with me. Um, as you say, I mean, you know, the visuals are fantastic and, um, you know, the, there's certain aspects of it that I found interesting, but, you know, overall it really just didn't click with me. Um, but, you know, yeah. it's, it's not for everyone. No, it isn't. And it, I agree with you. There are some plot issues with it. I mean, it's a little, there are aspects of it that uh, fall a little flat, uh, but I enjoyed it. So I definitely uh, recommend seeing it if you don't, you know, you, it's it's definitely worth renting, I think, not uh, necessarily being seen in the, in the theater, which you can't do now anyway. So, 
No, I suppose, suppose not. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, my next one is uh, Need for Speed, and this is a, a film with uh, Aaron Paul and uh, Dominic Cooper. Uh, and as, as far as I know, it's it's not related in any way to the games. Um, it, it just happens to have the same name, uh, to, to the best of my knowledge. Really? Um, I thought, yeah, I, I was wondering about that. I, I, maybe they licensed the name, I'm not sure, but you know, from watching the film, there's certainly no... Um, there doesn't seem to be any similarity between this and, and the games, um, and, and you know, even if it is related to the games, it's actually a good film. So you have to assume it's not related to the games because I can't remember the last time there was a good game movie. Yeah, I don't think I've seen this one. Um, I, I'm, I'm trying to remember, but I, I mean, I know I saw Fast and Furious Seven, which I think is what I'm thinking about in terms of uh, car, car movies that I saw. So I don't think I've seen this one. I have to check it out. Yeah, I'm, I am a fan of the uh, the Fast and Furious films, but uh, Need for Speed is is just it's so good. Like it, it, you know, Aaron Paul is great in this. Um, you know, I think it's the first thing I'd seen him in outside of Breaking Bad. Um, and the other interesting part of this film was they all of the stunts that they do in the cars, like the crashes and the flips and stuff. All of those are actually done. They didn't use any CGI to um, you know give the illusion of those stunts. Like they genuinely did destroy these cars and and. Uh, you know, do all the crashes and all the driving and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Huh. Interesting. Um, and, and when you watch it, you kind of, you do get that feeling because they do some interesting um, camera shots. Like there's, you know, if there's a car flipping over, they've sure. got a camera in the car and they use right. some of that shot um, and some of that footage, which it, it just, it makes the film feel uh, even more authentic and, and kind of like, wow, you know, they really did do, do a lot of this. Um, oh, so yeah, yeah it's definitely. a really fun film uh, if you get a chance to, uh, to watch it. Yeah, I, I will. Um, cool. My last movie on my movie list is Avengers Age of Ultron, which I, I really liked. I really liked that opening scene where they're um, trying to break into the fortress. Uh, I think it was from an, from the standpoint of an action scene. It was just like perfect, uh, kind of it was very frenetic and, and crazy. Um, and, and I thought really well done. And I, I liked, uh, I think it's James Spader who does the, the voice acting for Ultron. Um, it's kind of a dark movie, um, but definitely one that uh, I enjoyed. I mean, it's, it's a Marvel movie, obviously, and I like a lot of the Marvel movies and I just enjoyed kind of the pushing the story forward a little bit in the entire, you know, movie Marvel universe. Yeah, definitely. I mean, again, like you, we spoke about this a couple of weeks ago, but you know, we're both fans of the Marvel movies and, you know, this is another Marvel movie and it's an Avengers one. So you've got all the different characters there. And, um, so yeah, this, again, it's a, another great, uh, kind of fun Marvel movie. Yep. No, it's um, very good. And talking of Marvel, uh, this is, uh, this is how the pros do a, uh, a segue into the next section, John, I think, uh, talking of Marvel, our, our next section is uh, TV shows. Um, yes. And we each have, we each have a Marvel one here. Uh, yeah, so the the first one you've got is uh, Jessica Jones. Do you want to uh, what what is it you like about this? Oh, I, I thought this was a great series. I mean, it's it's less a superhero series than than it is a detective noir type of series. I mean, there are characters with superpowers, but that that is probably backseat to the actual story. I think, um, and I just thought the acting in it was great, and the story was fantastic. It grabbed me right out of the box in in uh, you know episode one, and uh, I ended up I don't and I don't usually binge watch television, but you know since this was on Netflix and all the episodes were out at once, and I was enjoying it, and I had some time off. Um, I watched it all and I finished, I think I finished two days ago and it was uh, real satisfying from beginning to end. How about you? Oh yeah. I think like you, I mean this out straight out of the gate, this was just a, a great, really interesting TV show. Um, the, uh, you know, the main villain, uh, Kilgrave, which is uh, played by David Tennant. It, it's just horrifying. Like the, when you really kind of think about it and, and you're watching it and you're like, Oh my God, like this genuine would be terrifying in real life. Um, and it really just adds to the, the, the story and the, the darkness of it. And, and, um, and, you know, and Jessica Jones's kind of uh, journey through all of it. Um, you know, and it really, it ends great. It starts great. It, it really just is a, a fantastic show. Yeah, I agree. A hundred percent. I mean, I, I can't wait to see more of these. Hopefully they'll, they'll be doing another series, a new, I guess we're going to have to wait a year probably, but, uh, really enjoyed it. 
Yeah, on that topic, I did. I was. I did see that it's possible they won't be doing another Jessica Jones series on her own. Um, oh wow! Because these are all uh, Daredevil, Jessica Jones, and I think it's Luke Cage next year, and another show as well are all coming together for a one TV series with all all, all four of these these characters. Um, uh-huh. And and I was reading that there might be some scheduling conflicts and not enough time. But um, you know, like you, I'm genuinely hoping that they they manage to get in another series of, of Jessica Jones on their own. Yeah. Do you know if they're doing another another season of Daredevil this year? Uh, yeah, Daredevil starts in. Uh, it's a bit. It's, it's the first half of next year, definitely. Um, okay. But uh, I, I can't remember exactly when that comes out. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's good. Um, my other show, which I don't think will be a surprise to anybody who's listened to the podcast before, is The Walking Dead, which I I love this show. I've been watching it since season one. It's had its ups and downs, but I think this season that uh, we're in the middle of right now is one of the best they've ever had. I mean, you can tell that they've gotten they've they've done two things. One is they have. Uh, due to the popularity of the show, they've got a lot more money to work with. So the, the effects and the zombies and everything are that much nice, that much better than they have been in the past. Uh, it's really interesting. If you go back and look at this first season and then look at the most recent season, you can see a real difference. Um, uh, but they haven't really sacrificed the story. I don't think, uh, at the, you know, at the expense of the special effects, uh, they're not really using those as a crutch. I think this season they've really, um, hit a stride with the story that's, that they haven't in a while. And, um, I've really been enjoying it. I think we're, you know, they, it's a strange show in that what they do is they do it, they do a series, the, the season in two chunks. The first chunk ends, I think in a week, well, as we record this a week or two, um, right before the holiday season. And then they don't start up again until after the Super Bowl is usually, it's usually like the first sun, first Sunday after the Super Bowl. I think that they, um, they figure nobody's going to be watching on Sunday, watching the show on Sundays during the heat of the uh, playoffs. Uh, for sports ball, so uh, we'll have. I'm going to have to have wait for a month or a month and a half before I see the second half. But I've been enjoying this one all year long. Have you ever watched Walking Dead, Rob? Uh, no, I haven't. Um, it, it, it's not. A, I probably would enjoy it. I think maybe uh, if I watched it. But I, zombies and and uh, that kind of stuff. It's not um, not the kind of thing I'm really into. Um, but you know, I've I've heard a lot of good things from you. Obviously, you've spoken about it on the podcast a few times, and. Um, and you know, I've I've heard from a few other people that it it is uh, is really good. So uh, so yeah. Yeah. What's on uh, your TV list, Rap? Yeah. So I've got a couple here. I'll start with the the Marvel one because you know we we've just spoken a little bit about this, but this is uh, Agents of Shield, um, and and I think to some extent Agent Carter as well. Um, we, we spoke about this a couple of episodes ago, uh, so I won't go too into too much detail, but um, these kind of uh, especially Agents of Shield kind of. They tie together a lot of the the gaps between you know kind of one of the Marvel films and the next Marvel film. See, so like the the first series of Agents of Shield kind of um, links together the end of the first Avengers film and goes right up to uh, kind of the the end of Captain America uh, Winter right. Soldier and a little bit past that. Right. Um, and and I think. I feel like with a show like this, like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., unlike Jessica Jones, which stands on its own, I think, uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I think you really, to enjoy it properly, you have to have seen a lot of the films and, and really be engaged in that kind of, uh, that franchise uh, to some extent. Yeah, no, I, I think that's right. I mean, it, and I think this season they've done a particularly good job with the um, the action and the story. I mean, it's just been, it grabbed me a lot more than last season did. Yeah, and it's... Um, uh, again agents of shield like perhaps some of the the marvel films where they're although it's a story they're also it's kind of a stopgap between two parts of the story so that they can lead you into that part um you know agents of shield is building up to um you know give you a lot more information and backstory about some of the films that are coming out in a few years uh in humans being one of the main ones um right so you know hopefully they can they can continue the story because you, you know you're looking at another three or four years um so i wonder if they're going to be able to uh to stretch out the story enough and, and give enough um detail to make that happen but yeah i you know as a fan of the marvel films agents of shield is great because it just kind of gives me that background and, and extra information that that i enjoy yeah, and something and something to enjoy in between the movies coming out which you know there's a couple a year but it take you know those are you got a lot, lot longer wait between movies uh yeah definitely 
Um, yeah, I, I, it's amazing to me how well Marvel has done because there's back in the day these guys, you know, Marvel filed bankruptcy and they had done some movies and they had all been terrible, um, and all of a sudden they somehow they put this all together and it's, uh, it's it hangs together pretty well. Yeah, I, I did read actually because the the first uh, hint of um, kind of a real cinematic universe was at the end of the uh, the Incredible Hulk, the the one with uh, Ed Norton, um, right? Because that had come out. Uh, similar time, but just after Iron Man one, and uh, the I, I believe it was the director of the Hulk film, or possibly Iron Man, had suggested that they have Robert Downey Jr. coming at the end of the Hulk film to link it together with you know Iron Man two, and then onto the Avengers. Um, you know, so it, it wasn't even initially a plan when they, when they originally did Iron Man. So um, so yeah, like you say, they they've done a really good job of kind of trying to link it all together. Yeah, definitely. So the the last show I've got is uh, Mr. Robot. Um, have you have you watched any of this, John? Oh yeah, this is this is a great one. Yeah, this is um, I, it, it's hard to go into details, but this is about a guy who uh, he's a, a hacker. But in quotes, um, <laughs> he seems to just guess people's passwords, but I don't think that's quite hacking. Um, no, he's kind of a junkie hacker, right? <laughs> uh, yeah, definitely. And um, I think as with a lot of these TV shows, there's a lot of uh, if you kind of understand this stuff, there's a lot of inaccuracies with the technology and the things that they say to some extent. Um, but but the actual show itself is just so good that you really don't um, you, you just don't notice uh, the, these kind of uh, inaccuracies and the uh, the lead guy. I can't remember the actor's name, but he is just fantastic in this. Like he is so so good. Yeah, he really is, and it's got Christian Slater too, who I think does a really good job in his role as well as Mister Robot. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I did just the the acting in general just it seems to just be fantastic throughout the whole the whole show. Um, and, and it's, it's a good it, yeah, it's a really good story because it's like a real slow reveal of of what's really going on. Uh, yeah, definitely. And um, uh, yeah, I mean, as I say, without going into too much detail, I don't want to spoil it for anyone. But uh, yeah, definitely, uh, if you've got the time and, and just take the time to to watch a few episodes and see if you get into it. And uh, and yeah, I think I think a lot of people will enjoy it. Yeah, no, I agree. So our next category is games, and I have just a few things here. I mean, I'm not a big gamer. I don't spend a lot of time playing video games, but I do enjoy them from time to time. And one that I really enjoyed this year was Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. Uh, I first played this on the Xbox 360 and enjoyed it so much that when it came out on PS4 recently, I replay. I didn't replay the whole thing, but I've replayed parts of it uh, on PS4 where the, the graphics are just gorgeous. It's a it's a great game. Have you played this one, Rob? Uh, yeah, I played it on the 360 when it came out, um, and I'm planning at some point I will definitely get the definitive edition to uh, to replay it either on PS4 or uh, or Xbox One. Yeah, I mean this is a when you think of Tomb Raider, kind of it's easy to remember like the old games on the original PlayStation and things like that that were a little bit they were a little bit strange. They they were good games, but there wasn't a lot of story there per se. Um, right. But but this, I mean, this is like it, it's so close to a movie. Um, you know, they do some really great things with the transition between when you're controlling the character and when it goes into the cutscenes. I mean, it it really is just a fantastic game. Yeah, there's a good balance between the gameplay and the cutscenes. I mean, it drives me a little nuts sometimes when cutscenes are really long, but these are are so well done and just long enough without being too long that they really add to the story. Um, and I do generally like kind of um, these puzzle type games, um, which this is. Uh, it's you know, it's it's not unlike the Nathan Drake collection, which came out recently, the remasters on PS4, which we've got those, and I haven't played them myself, but I've watched my kids playing them. Um, and I just started playing Rise of the Tomb Raider, which is the new one that just came out. It's um, we've only got a PS4, we don't have an Xbox One, so but we do have a 360. So we picked it up on the 360, and uh, I played just kind of the, you know, the kind of the tutorial intro part of the game yesterday, and it looks like it's um, going to be just as good as as the uh, the Tomb Raider Definitive Edition. So I'm looking forward to playing that one through over the holidays. Yeah, this was a, a really good. Uh, I always worry about these reboots. Um, you know that everything's being rebooted, whether it's movies or TV shows or games. Um, but I, I think this really was a good reset of the franchise to kind of get a 
a sensible Lara Croft character with some actual depth to it. Um, you know, the the voice acting's great in this as well. Um, yep. And, you know, it, it just adds and, and kind of makes the game um, even better. Yep, I agree. Uh, two other games I'll, I'll mention. One is, again, a Walking Dead game, which is Season 2 from Telltale Games. This is not a new game. It's not, we're, and we're not, we're not restricting ourselves to just things that came out this year, but things that we, we tried this year. And I didn't play this game until this year. Um, and I, I liked it a lot. Um, it, I played it on the PS4. Um, it's it, there. These are easy games. They're more like uh, choose your own adventure, and that you're really just moving the story from scene to scene. There's a little bit of you know you have to kill a zombie here and there, um, but it's not quite as it's not like a uh, controller intensive, um, twitchy type of game where you have to be really good with a with a controller. So it's it's a little bit like watching a movie or play, playing your way through the television show. So I really enjoyed that. Um, I've heard that these Telltale games are very good on the iPad. I haven't tried them yet. I may pick up one of their other titles, um, non-Walking Dead titles, for um, for the iPad and give it a try sometime. I think Graham Spencer is one who told me that, uh, I forget the name of the game, but it's, um, it involves werewolves. And he's, he said it was very good on the iPad, so I might might give that a try. Fantastic. Yeah, I, I, again, um, I, one, I think we're going to just need to get a bell for whenever you mention The Walking Dead. <laughs> yeah, I know, I know. It's, uh, and this is also an almost like a, it's like a 2D comic booky style game. So it's a little, it's very different. It's a very, Telltale Games has very unique feel. They have a, their games have a real unique feel to them. Um, and I just kind of enjoyed the way it was done. So um, worth checking out. It's, it came out at the end of 2013, I think. So it's not by no means a new game, but it's the kind of game that now that shows up on kind of the, on the, uh, deals once in a while on PS4. Uh, yeah. Um, I know the kind of thing you're uh, talking about. Last one you got on the, uh, Domino Drop. Uh, I, I haven't uh, played this. So what, what's this all about? It's a little bit like Tetris. Um, you have dominoes dropping from the top and you have to match up the, you know, the color number combinations to, uh, make them break and and get the stack lower so it's a little bit like uh like tetris in that way and there are some squares that come down that are just the white squares with no numbers on them and those you cannot uh you can't break by matching them they ha- they only break if you get four contiguous contiguous ones touching each other so that that adds a layer of complication from it i mike hurley kind of turned me on to this one and it's um it's a great one because it's one of those you know play it for five minutes um and it gets a little addictive i mean it's game after game after game and you know it keeps your high score and um it connects with game center so it's, it's kind of a fun fun casual game excellent i uh yeah i'm just having a look at it i might uh might check that out at some point yeah, I think it's two dollars. Maybe I don't. What do you What do you see? Like uh, two pounds or something in the uh, UK? I don't know. I mean, I think I closed the tab again by accident. Uh, uh, yeah, no worries. Uh, yeah, I think it'd be one forty nine in the UK by the looks of it. Yeah, um, so it's you know, relatively cheap for for a fun game. So, so yeah, I might try that out. Good. Um, so I've got I've got a few games. Um, I let's stick with the ios theme for now uh this was uh, almost impossible um is a game by uh dan council of uh of real mac software um and this is kind of a uh a platformer of sorts you play a little you play as a little uh kind of i don't know ball of light almost um mm-hmm. and uh and yeah it's as as the uh title suggests it, it genuinely is almost impossible like you, you there's some parts uh where uh, you know you really just don't think you're going to be able to do it, and uh, you know it does take some patience and stuff. But the just the the design of it is 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 a it's a really really nice game, um, and and it really is fun. So, um, but yeah, it's highly recommended if uh, if you haven't played it already. Yeah, and what's nice too, it's on the Apple TV as well, not just on uh, on you know phones and iPads. Uh, yeah, actually, yeah, I hadn't even thought about the Apple TV as well. Um, but yeah, so I think it's also on the Mac as well. Um, if, oh, is it? Uh, I didn't realize it. Yeah. yeah, yeah, there's a Mac version as well. So, um, you know, if you're more into playing on the Mac, then then you've got that option as well. Yeah, Dan did a really interesting write-up last week of kind of the marketing he did and how, how you know, the launch went. So that was, especially since he, you know, I think his experiences in making utilities and other uh, app, you know, he's not a, he's not a, he is not, doesn't have a, a history of game development. This is, I think is the first game that he did and he did as a side project. So, you know, seeing kind of the difference in how he marketed this app as, as compared to what he would do for something like clear or one of the other real Mac, um, titles. It was kind of interesting to me. 
Yeah, and it, it seemed to uh, his marketing certainly seemed to work because I uh, I saw it all over the place. So uh, so yeah, um, I've got a couple of other games. Uh, first one is Batman Arkham Asylum. Now this is this game came out years ago, um, but I'd only just got around to playing it this year. Um, and there, there's Arkham Asylum. I've also just uh, nearly finished uh, Arkham City as well. And the, these are kind of proper, very serious kind of Batman stories. Um, and and yeah, they, these are just uh, great fun. Have you, have you played any of these these games, Sean? I have not played Arkham Asylum, but I've done. Is Arkham City the one that came out this year? Uh, no, that's uh, Arkham Knight came out this year. Uh, that's what it is. That's what I've played a little bit of. Um, have you played that one? Uh, no, not yet. I'm uh, I'm working through them. Um, so I've nearly finished City, and then I'll move on to Arkham Origins, and then I'll get to uh, to Arkham <laughs> okay. Knight. But uh, you know, but by the from what I've seen, they're all, all very similar. You know, they kind of improve on the gameplay and things each game. But um, but yeah, they're, they're just a, a, a you know a lot of fun, and, and the, again, a lot like Tomb Raider. The acting is is really good, so it really kind of enhances the game. Yeah, and my one complaint about Arkham Knight is that they I think they use the Batmobile too much in in the and the controls for driving the Batmobile are are crazy. They're they're just different from most games uh that that are, you know, when you're driving, but uh, it is a good game though. I mean, overall I still like Arkham Knight, but uh have a little bit of a complaint about the how they uh you know, how the Batmobile is handled. Yeah, it's interesting because the older games don't have the uh the driving aspects uh, or certainly the two that I've played don't um and i think that's something that they introduced either in origins or in uh in arkham knight so uh when i get to that i'm sure i'll i'll find out yep um so what, the last, else, what else you have yeah yeah the last one i've got is uh lego jurassic world um i don't know all of the lego games um are a lot of fun and they tend to improve on them each time um but the one i've really enjoyed this year was lego jurassic world um so this is uh, there's four sections to it, uh, which go through all four of the the Jurassic Park um, movies, and you kind of play like five or six levels for each film, um, and then you've kind of got a free play area where you go around and collect things, and you know it's it's the classic Lego game kind of formula. Um, but yeah, the, the Jurassic World was was a, a really really good one. Yeah, I think the Lego games have really improved over the last few that they've released. I mean, they've got Lego Dimensions now, but for a while it was. It seemed like most of the Lego movies were the same game, but with different minifigure characters in them. Um, but but I think they've kind of gotten beyond that with some of the more recent games. Yeah, definitely. Like uh, Lego Marvel and uh, Lego Movie, both of those really, um, they give you a much nicer kind of free play area to uh, right. to kind of explore. Whereas, as you say, some of the older games, uh, Star Wars and Harry Potter and uh, Indiana Jones, things like that, they, they were much more like, here's a level here's the next one. Like there wasn't a lot of, uh, kind of free play. Right. Right. Well, that's cool. Um, how about we move on to apps? Uh, yeah, let's do it. All right. Um, I'll, I'll start. I, you know, my app lineup, at least my core app lineup has not changed a lot over the course of 2015, but I thought I'd mention too, that I've just started using recently that I, I, I like, uh, the first one is reader, which is an RSS, um, reader that's been around for a long time, but, uh, I had stopped using it around version two, I think, um, and, and started using unread instead. Uh, but they just came out with a 3.0 of, of reader, which is really, really nice. It does a great job using both 3d touch and various swipe gestures, um, to make it easy to kind of navigate through your feeds and to, then move the uh, articles off to somewhere else, like maybe Instapaper or you're going to tweet it or, or whatever it might be. Um, has a great, great set of services attached to it. Um, really solid app. Love the design. Uh, very customizable, both in terms of how you read things and, and how it looks. So um, definitely recommend that one. And the second one is an app called copied, which I've used clips in the past. I think I like copied better because, um, it also has a Mac component. So you have, what I like especially is the extension. If I have some, some bit of text or a URL or an image or whatever it happens to be, and I copy it, I can use the extension and, and copy straight into the copied app. And then it uses iCloud to sync it back to my Mac. Um, which can be really useful if I'm maybe on the train in the morning and come getting a bunch of, um, 
I don't know, resources or links that I want to deal with later in the day, I can then have them on my Mac um, when I have time to actually deal with them. So it's a nice little temporary storage place. It lets you organize your, your, um, your copies into lists even, uh, has a lot of interesting features. I've only just really uh, scratch the surface and, uh, having the, the ability to kind of deal with the, 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 uh, copied snippets on both iOS and Mac, um, in itself is, is enough for me. I mean, I've really, really enjoyed having that, that ability. Have you looked at either of these, Rob? Um, yeah, reader I've looked at, uh, in the past and, and I said, I, I did have a look, uh, when they released this new version. Um, but I've kind of gone off of, uh, rss recently i've I've found that i I get a lot of what i need from from twitter um but yeah i mean reader has always been a a really solid app um you know updates can be a bit slow at times um you know i think it's just one guy who who builds it um right but yeah i mean it's always been a a solid app and it was certainly what i used um you know when i when i used to uh kind of uh, subscribe to a lot of rss feeds and things like that yeah not long ago they um released a, a, a Mac version too, which is pretty good. I mean, I've enjoyed that as well. I, I don't use RSS nearly as much as I used to, but I still do. Um, just yesterday I went through and kind of wiped out all my unread articles and pared back my subscriptions substantially. So trying to kind of declutter on the RSS side, but, uh, you know, reader made that doing that really easy because it's uh, very easy both to manage the subscriptions and the actual posts themselves. Excellent. Um, and you, you mentioned uh, sync, uh, you know, between the between iOS and the Mac. And actually, this is one of the reasons I've started using this app. And this is the the built in notes app in iOS nine. Um, mm-hmm. it, I, we mentioned we, we've spoken about this before, but um, you know, I, I tend to look, kind of like having everything in plain text, and, and you know, I can stick them in Dropbox and access them from anywhere. Um, but the, the notes app, just the, the sheer speed of how it syncs and, and it seems to do a really good job and it's, it's got, you know, uh, to do lists in it and, and check boxes and bullet points and that kind of thing. Um, it, it really just covers a lot of the use cases that I need notes for. Um, so I've been using, uh, notes both on the Mac and iOS, um, pretty much since it, since iOS nine got released. Yeah, I've really just started getting into the, into the Notes app in the last month or so, and I've really enjoyed it too. I mean, I I'll do a lot of it for me is like when I'm on the go and I think of something that we maybe want to talk about on the podcast or I have some other use for some other time that I can't really deal with it. Then it's very easy just to drop a link or a few quick notes into Notes and then deal with it later in the day. Yeah, definitely. Um, a, a couple of the other apps I've got um, Sketch Party. Uh, now this has been around for a while. Um, and this is both an an iOS and an Apple TV app. Um, and previous to the new Apple TV, they used to uh, do some kind of AirPlay mirroring magic to, uh, to to show what you were doing on the phone on the screen. Uh, and it, it's a Pictionary uh, style game. Um, but you know, with the the new Apple TV, uh, you download the app on there. And um, this is just a really fun uh, kind of uh, Pictionary style uh, party game. Um, and there's a free version if you want to try it out, uh, or, or that you know they have a paid version with everything um, already in it. Um, but yeah, th- this is this has been um, a real surprise to me because I, I honestly didn't think I would enjoy it that much. Um, but you know, I, I've been playing it with, with with my girlfriend, and yeah, we've we've been having loads of fun with it. Yeah, I've had this app for a long time. I think since around the time that it was released, which was at least five years ago now. And I hadn't tried it in a long time, but then uh, when the Apple TV version came out, I gave it another another try. And I, it's a great game. It's really it's a lot of fun. And I, I think it's doing really well over this thanks, the Thanksgiving holiday season as we record this a little early. Uh, and it's good to see it's just one guy making it, Matt Braun, and he's doing real well. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. Um, he's got a blog post that I'll um, I'll pop in the show notes as well. Um, and the last one, this is an app that I've mentioned a few times. Uh, plot, uh, plot movies. It's a little bit difficult to find on the store uh, sometimes, but um, you know, this is just an app for keeping track of what films I've watched and uh, you know uh, whether I liked them or not. And I can leave kind of mini reviews, and it's got a commenting system. Um, and I, th- I, you know, the main part of it for me is I can kind of look back and see you know, how many films I've watched this year and, and, and things like that. Like I can see now that I've watched uh, 82 films this year, apparently. Wow. Um, <laughs> that that doesn't include if I've watched one twice, I don't think, or, or maybe it does. I'm not sure. Um, does, does it include Batman that you only got 30 minutes into? 
It does not. I, I tend to, if I haven't made it all the way through the film, I, uh, I won't put it in. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> um, but yeah, you know, it's just nice to be able to, uh, you know, sometimes, you know, I, well, I'll be having a conversation. Like, oh, what did you watch? You know, I don't know, Fantastic Four. And I can look back and say, yeah, I watched that a week ago and it was terrible. Um, so, yeah, it, it's just a, a nice way to, uh, you know, keep a record of what films I've watched. Nice. Well, um, what else do we have? We've got uh, we've got podcasts, uh, and there have been a lot of good podcasts this year. This was really a hard one for me to pick um, this category, and I came up with three. And I think, like you, I have two relay shows and one other. And my two show, and I actually um, I, I agree with your picks. I think were were nearly in in my picks as well. So I, I kind of. Um, when you get to yours, I, I wholeheartedly endorse and, and include those in mine as well. But um, my first one is Reconcilable Differences with Merlin Mann and John Syracuse. Thought that I think that that is a, a great podcast. It's it's very different. Um, it's hard to explain exactly what it is, but uh, give it a shot. I mean, it's 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 a really enjoyable listen. I've enjoyed every one of these. They tend to be very long, uh, but also very interesting in the kind of discussion where if I zone out or uh, I'm distracted, I'll go. I'll rewind it and re-listen because it's um, it's uh, the discussions those two have are really great. Yeah, I completely agree. Um, and and as you said about my list, I kind of uh, the list you've got, I endorse these as well. Um, but, you know, <laughs> I think it's, it's no point in us both having the same list. Um, so do you do you want to do your your second and third one, and then uh, we can talk about mine? Yeah, definitely. Um, another one, the other, another relay show is Cortex with uh, CGP Gray and Mike Hurley, and um, I love this show. I I, I was. I, I wasn't sure whether I'd like it when it first came out, and I listened to a few, um, but then it really, really grew on me, and I think they um, have a lot of interesting discussions surrounding, um, you know, uh, work and technology and YouTube and all sorts of interesting um, topics, and I think one of the things that this this one and Reconcilable Differences, and I know at least um, one of yours points out to me is that a lot of times the topic is less in, less important than the um, the personalities, and I just really enjoy the, um, the interplay between uh, Mike and Gray. I think they, they those two do a great job. Um, and then my last one is Welcome to Macintosh, which is Mark Brammel's uh, podcast about the history of the Macintosh. And I, I got a chance to meet Mark in in at WWC this past June, and he's uh, he's a college student, I think at University of Arizona. I may be wrong about that. Sorry, Mark, if I if I got it wrong, but uh, uh, he does a great kind of NPR style, relatively short discussion that takes one story or topic and interviews usually two or three people um, about it and kind of you know tells a story through the interviews, which I've I've enjoyed them and he's just started up again recently with new episodes. So uh, take a look at it; they're they're real good. Uh, yeah, I completely agree. It's, it, it really is uh, an interesting show, and, and as you said about Cortex, um, I think CGP Grey is such a, an interesting person. Like he has some um, some very interesting views about certain things that um, it kind of just makes the show even even more uh, compelling to listen to. So um, the ones I've got, uh, the first is again, it's a relay show. This is uh, Top Four with uh, Marco and Tiffany Arment. Um, and, and and this is just great. Uh, if you don't know Marco and, and Tiffany, are husband and wife, um, and and they are just they are hilarious together. Um, you know, Marco doesn't seem to do any preparation for the show. He kind of just turns up, and um, you know, there's kind of a lot of these uh, not so much in jokes, but kind of jokes, the kind of thing you'd only say to your significant other. You you certainly wouldn't say it to a friend. Um, and and this is just a, a really fun show to listen to. They go through their top four various different things they've done halloween candies and they they've done uh they did weezer take out food, take out food. they did weezer yeah. singles which nearly destroyed the internet uh, so yeah this, this is a really great show yeah and that's the one i was thinking of when i said you know sometimes it's the um more of the uh the personalities involved in the topic that's important because i mean i didn't i uh 
I was not particularly interested. I would think if I just, if a podcast just turned up and I saw it and it was about Weezer songs, I'm not sure I would download it, but, uh, this, you know, I think the, just kind of the, um, dialogue the two of them have and the, obviously their relationship, um, it just makes for a really good podcast. Yeah, definitely. Um, and another, this is another, uh, Marco Arment, uh, show. This is Marco Arment and, uh, underscore David Smith, and it's called, uh, Under the Radar. And this is a, uh, that the way it's been sold is kind of a combination of, uh, Marco's old show, uh, Build and Analyze, and David Smith's show, which was called, I can't remember. Developing, pers- developing Perspective. Thank you very much, John. Um, <laughs> so this is, uh, you know, both of them are, are, are uh, iOS developers and they kind of talk about uh, various different um, issues and, and things that they come up against and, and you know, problems of, of, and, and, you know, the great things about being developers, that kind of thing. Um, it's also never longer than 30 minutes, which is great because, um, you know, it's nice and easy to just kind of listen to it and you're not kind of committed to uh, to too long. Um, so yeah, this, this, again, this is another great one. Yeah, no, I've really enjoyed that, that one. It's only, I think on, on its third or fourth episode at this point. Um, but they really hit their stride right out of the box and it's, um, it's a fantastic show, especially if you like develop, you're an iOS developer. Definitely. And the, the last one I've got is, uh, defocused. And this has been around, uh, I think, you know, longer than, longer than just this year. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I've still been really enjoying it. And this is uh, Joe Steele and Dan Sturm. Um, they, the general uh, kind of premise of the show is that they watch a movie and then they'll talk about it. Um, and firstly, it's great because uh, it's kind of forced me to watch films that I would never have watched um, unless they kind of suggested it. Because I'll, I'll watch the movie and then I can listen to the show and kind of, uh, you know, laugh along with them. Um so yeah, it's great, and another great thing if I if I don't want to watch the movie, then I can kind of just jump back and get the episode when I do get round to it. Um, so yeah, this is um, again highly recommended. Yeah, that's no, a very good show. I, I enjoy it a lot, and I I mean they obviously have much stronger views on movies than maybe you or I have. <laughs> I'm easily amused and entertained, but I, I like to hear people who um, you know t- take a little more critical eye to movies once in a while. <laughs> yeah, definitely. So. Um, our next category is music and I'm not going to really too hard to describe really any particular album. I'm just going to list off the ones that, uh, that I've been listening to a lot lately. The first one is art angels by Grimes. Um, I've also got V by waves, which I think I've spelled wrong there in the show notes, Rob, we'll fix that. And, uh, every open eye by churches, great album. Uh, and the last one, I have a little more to say about it. This is Positive Songs for Negative People by Frank Turner. I love Frank Turner. He's from, uh, I think he's based in London right now. But in any event, uh, he I went and saw him live not too long ago, a couple months ago, and it was a great show. So if you get a chance, I know he tours the UK a lot. Uh, great album and really good live show. So uh, those are my four picks. How about you, Rob? Perfect. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll put those in the show notes. Um, for me, the first one I've got is, is actually um, an artist as opposed to an album. Uh, one specific album this is girl talk um and if you don't girl talk does uh mashup albums um you know designed to be listened to as one continuous um you know piece of piece of music um you know like a lot of albums but this you know you really can't listen to this on shuffle for the most part um but these are just great albums he's got three three albums i think and these are just great for listening to during the day when I'm trying to focus because um, they're not too distracting or anything like that. Um, yeah, I, I think I was introduced to, to Girl Talk by the uh, Inquisitive episode that Mike Hurley did with Serenity Caldwell, who picked the All Day album from Girl Talk as her as her favorite album. And um, yeah, it really grabbed me as well. Yeah, we'll uh, we'll put a link in to the to that show and the to that episode in the show notes because that yeah again for me that was kind of i'd listened to it once but didn't re- wasn't really sure about it and then i heard that and i was kind of convinced more to uh to listen to it um and the last two that i've got are uh, kind of related uh the first is uh, the kung fury soundtrack um which uh, that actually has a fun story if you remember john uh when uh, kung yeah fury- how, did, how did you how did you acquire that soundtrack Rob? <laughs> so I, I watched kung fury and uh and I was like, you know what? I really want the soundtrack. And I went to iTunes and I, I went to Amazon Music and it was nowhere to be seen. I, I, it didn't exist in the UK anywhere. So I actually had to get you, John, didn't I, to uh, to buy it for me and uh, and send it to me. 
Yes, we dropboxed it. So, uh, but it was paid for, and I uh, don't. I I was not as enamored of the soundtrack, so only Rob is listening to it, not me. <laughs> and uh, and kind of related to that, a, a few of the tracks uh, from from Kung Fury were were done by a guy called uh, Mitch Murder, and uh, he has a lot. Of, he has quite a few albums on iTunes, and I think he's got some free albums that you can download as well. And these are all kind of uh, 80s, uh, kind of synth poppy, you know, that that kind of, of stuff. Um, he's also done some kind of, uh, you know, 8-bit game style uh, soundtracks as well. Um, yeah, so, yeah, I've been I've been listening to a lot of that because, um, again, a lot like Girl Talk, it's kind of just nice to have on the background. There's not a lot of uh, lyrics to it, um, although Girl Talk does have lyrics, obviously. But, um, but yeah, it's just nice to uh, to have on in the background. Good, good. Well, we are getting, we're drawing to a close here. We have a miscellaneous section, and I picked a couple of things for our miscellaneous section. The first is uh, pens, and I do like a good pen or pencil, but I'm not like a fountain pen or expensive fancy pen person. I like throwaway pens that are very high quality and because i i lose them and i just like to buy boxes of them and then have them everywhere in my bag that i carry to work in my desk you know wherever i happen to be and the ones that i have i, I originally was using the the high tech c i forget that might be pentel i'm trying i'm trying to remember but i was using the high tech c um and i mentioned that to john gruber on twitter one day and he said oh you know those are really good but check out the zebra sansa gel retractable so i got the zebra sansa gel retractable 0.5 millimeter black uh pen which i will put in the show notes i just really like them uh they are gel pens but they are not smeary i'm left-handed so i drag my hand across everything i write uh which is uh, one of the most important things for me is to have a good ink that dries relatively fast so i'm not smudging things and doesn't bleed through the paper either um and the zebra sarasa pens are very good i also like a nice thick black line which is why i went with the 0.5 millimeter which is a pretty pretty thick uh tip but uh really highly recommended we'll put a link in the show notes to those if you're interested um they're not they're not super expensive they're imported by jet pens i think um that you can get them through jet pens on the internet uh, and they come from japan so i think it's japan any event who knows but uh they're good. They're good pens. So check them out. Yeah, these these look really nice. Uh, I might might order myself one or two to uh, try them out. Although I yeah, don't actually like, write that much. Yeah, unlike the um, unlike the high tech C, they've actually got a retractable tip, which is kind of nice. I just clip them onto a field notes and carry that around with me. And I'm not a big, I don't write uh, as much as I used to, but it, when I do, I like to have a, a decent pen for it. So these work really well. Um. I'm also going to pick three beers because I, as you know, Rob, I like a good beer. And I've got three IPAs because IPA is my thing. Um, sorry, Joe Steele. <laughs> See, I did that. See, Rob, I mentioned jokes, and now Joe has to tweet tweet about the show. Perfect. Uh, <laughs> the first one is Todd the Axeman from Surly, which is up in Minnesota. And they just do a really good, uh, it, this is kind of a heavy-duty um, double IPA, very citrusy excellent beer it was kind of a limited run i think it's gone now but um i have heard talk that it's going to become a regular that you can find unfortunately a lot of these um are going to have i would the that one might be a little hard to find everywhere at least in the united states i i don't know to what extent these are available overseas it from what i can tell it looks like a lot of the uh good bigger good u.s beer manufacturers are starting to uh, export to the UK and other places, but uh, they are still somewhat hard to find, even in the United States sometimes, because a lot of times they're regional. Um, and I think Todd the Axeman falls into that category. These other two, though, are a little more national, and I think you could find just about anywhere in the United States. The first is Enjoy By, insert date. And this is from Stone Brewing in San Diego, California. And they've done this whole series where they, they say Enjoy By, and then they pick a date. Um, it's very fresh, uh, very citrusy, good IPA. Um, and the most recent one I had was enjoy by 1031 15. Um, and it was a real good, real good run of it. They do this probably four or five times a year. They actually just re recently did one that's enjoy after, uh, October 31st, 2015, which is supposed to be aged for at least a year. So it's going to be a while before I can try that one. 
And then the final one is called Grapefruit Sculpin from Ballast Point, which is also a San Diego brewery. And it, very grapefruity tasting like the net like it says on the uh on the label and it's uh it's fantastic and highly recommended it's probably that I, if i had to pick just one beer that i've had this year that is the best i've had it's probably grape grapefruit sculpin excellent um, i mean ipas and, and beers aren't really my thing but um but yeah they sound great is it, am i right in thinking there's some kind of app that you can you rate these with um and keep track of them you, yeah, there are a bunch of apps you can use. Um, one that I use here because it, th- this is more to find them than to rate them, although it does have a rating feature. It's called Beer Menus, and it, it really works best if you're in a in a in a larger city because um, it uh, it basically lists like locations and beers, and you can find where they're where they what bars they're at in various in restaurants. Um, around Chicago, and I think it works in New York City and San Francisco and other places, but it's mostly kind of a big city thing. Um, if you want to track uh, your beers, I think Beer Tab is the one that I would recommend. That's a pretty, that's a really nice app, um, and you can, you know, you can do take notes and pictures and put them all in there. I I don't do a ton of that. I mean, I just enjoy drinking it. Yeah, I mean that makes sense. Um, but it sounds like there's a lot of options for uh, for apps for uh, you know for tracking and finding beers and stuff like that. So uh, yeah, brilliant. yep, definitely. So How about uh, you, Rob? You got anything else? Yeah, the I've only just got the one thing in my uh, my miscellaneous uh, list, and this is the Lego Heli Carrier. And this is uh, two and a half thousand pieces, I believe. Um, and it, it, oh, it's a, yeah, I remember. Yeah, I remember when you built that. That's the uh, the Avengers helicarrier. Right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, this is this is a pretty big set. Um, I mean, it's a few people complained um, that it, it wasn't wasn't big enough. Um, <laughs> not necessarily on piece count, but if you compare it to uh, one of the older Superstar Destroyers, um, which was significantly longer. Um, but the, the, the because they got the scale right, if they'd made it any bigger, nobody would be able to store it anywhere um, because it right. would get significantly wider as well as longer. Um, right. But yeah, th- this was just a, a really fun set to build. Um, and it, it's one of the biggest sets that I own. Um, I think it might be the biggest, um, although that will be changing in January when the uh, Ghostbusters Firehouse comes out, and that is uh, just over 4,000 pieces, I think. Wow, that's got to be... Uh close to the biggest set doesn't it uh it, yes that will be the biggest set um i think we spoke maybe spoke about this a few episodes back but yeah this yeah, will be the biggest right. set um that, that lego have ever made yeah that looks really neat so um so yeah that's going to be an expensive uh, expensive january for me <laughs> <laughs> sounds like it so um i think that's it for our favorite things of the year Yes. Happy holidays to all of our listeners. Hope you guys enjoy yourselves. Rob and I are going to take a little time off right around Christmas, which is why we're recording this now just after Thanksgiving, U.S. Thanksgiving. So, um, But uh, we're looking forward to just relaxing and starting the new year with the new set of podcasts. Absolutely. So um, as always, show notes are at ruminatepodcast.com and this episode is slash 10. Uh, you can find me on Twitter. Um, I'm sure I'll be tweeting over the holidays uh, at RM Lewis UK. And John, uh, where can people find you? I'm on Twitter at, at John Voorhees, and I've got my projects and apps at squibner.com. Perfect. Well, enjoy the holidays, John, and uh, hope Thank all you. our listeners do as well. And uh, we will be back in the new year. <laughs>